Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. I'm so excited to have you again on another episode and joining us here today. I'm so excited. I have a special guest all the way from Australia, and his name is Pastor Chad Mansford, Mansbridge. And I had messed it up just now, but I had it right earlier, so we're going to get it right, Chad. <laughs> but he is the best known for his ability to communicate profound and complex biblical truth with clarity, simplicity, and a whole lot of fun, making him one of Australia's most dynamic um, Bible teachers and sought-after Christian communicators. His latest book, You Can't Handle, You Can Handle the Truth, Making Sense of the Bible in Three Simple Steps, is a standout in hermeneutic space dealing with the weighty issues of biblical interpretation, and it has received a widespread praise from both Pentecostals and Presbyterians, from pastors to professors, teen bloggers, and best-selling authors. Chad is energetic, yet he is also authentic and has broad appeal for Christian audiences of all stripes who are serious about their relationship with God and growing in their knowledge of his word. So welcome, Pastor Chad, all the way from Australia. How are you today? Tiff, it's a great pleasure and privilege to be with you and your audience. I'm quite well. Well, my day's only just started, you see. We, we, we don't have video today, but if you could, you'd see the window beside me is still dark. It's uh, first thing in the morning. The sun's yet to come up. So uh, I've only had one coffee. So a bit of a warning for the, uh, for the listeners today. Uh, you know, I've only, I'm only <laughs> one coffee in, so we'll see how we go. Yes, yes. So, so would you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, I'm in Australia, as you uh, as you introduced. Uh, South Australia we, uh, is one of our states over here. And uh, I've been living in uh, this town that I'm, I'm in at the moment for the last 20 years. It's sort of my hometown where I grew up, a place called Victor Harbour. We're on the coast. Uh, my wife and I have been married for over 20 years. We're parents of four children and have been pastoring a church this year for 20 years, actually. So wow. uh, the church we lead, <laughs> we planted or planted, depending on which part of the state you're from. Uh, but we pioneered a church, a local church when we were 23 years of age. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so we still lead that church today. So yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, we're so glad to have you on the episode today. And today we're going to be discussing identity and discovering ourselves in the word of God. But today, you know, um, Chad, in the world today where, you know, they're becoming many people that are becoming more awakened to many different religions, you know, or they're coming into their own self-awareness. It is important, and I believe it is important for us as Christians that uh, we know the Bible and not only know the Bible, but be confidently able 
able to make sense of the Bible. And in your book, You Can Handle the Truth, you cover three simple steps on how to do this. So how did you come up with this book title, uh, You Can Handle the Truth, and why did you write it? Well, it is You Can Handle the Truth, and, and no, let's just Get it out the way now. It's got nothing to do with Jack Nicholson. Okay, so uh, it is it is a definite you can do it. Uh, listen, essentially that title comes from Second uh, Timothy, uh, where Paul's writing to his young apprentice, let's say. Timothy's a young preacher in the Lord. And he says, listen, mate, when you... Oh, mate is in... The word mate's in the Bible. I, I didn't yeah. even know if you know that. Yeah. I know, it's, yeah. It's in the Greek, you know, it's in the Greek. <laughs> uh, but he says, listen, mate, you. I want you to be a workman or a work person who doesn't need to be ashamed, but who correctly handles the word of truth, correctly mm -hmm. handles the word of truth. And so the encouragement for the book is you can do that. You can handle the truth. Now, some older translations say rightly divide uh, the word of truth, correctly handle is the NIV. That's kind of the Bible that I grew up on. But essentially the point there, and Paul also makes it in his first letter to Timothy, uh, is that there is a right way and there is a wrong way to handle the scripture. And there is a healthy way, uh, but there's also an unhealthy way. There's a helpful way, but there's an unhelpful way, you know, to <laughs> handle the Bible. And it's true with anything that's powerful, uh, anything uh, like sex or fire or uh, many things in life that we have that are good, that God has given to us to bring us life and, and liberty and freedom and to draw us nearer to him. These things, when they're not used correctly, can actually cause damage and harm. And many of us have seen the scriptures used in a way that hurts people, uh, be it uh, broad swaths of people, women, uh, people of color, uh, mm -hmm. children, uh, whatever. But the Bible can be used to hurt people. But when it's mm -hmm. doing that, it's not <laughs> yeah. being used properly. Okay. So right. we need to make sure, and there may be extreme examples, but we need to make sure that we are among those who correctly handle the scripture that so, so, so that it brings freedom and liberty and healing and wholeness to people as God intended it uh, to do. And so that's where the title of the book comes from. You can do it. You can <laughs> handle the truth. You can handle it well. And uh, you can be a work person that doesn't need to be ashamed because God has equipped you uh, no matter how uh, complicated the Bible may seem at times, no matter how uh, convoluted it may be and even contradictory. I mean, let's let's admit it. Mm -hmm. The Bible's a great thing, but there are parts and portions that are mm -hmm. pretty confusing. Pretty confusing. <laughs> all right, they're not that easy to understand, and particularly when it comes to going, oh, how's this relevant to my life? Well, my encouragement is, you can handle it. You can do it. All right, keep going. Keep reading your Bible. Keep working at it. You can handle the truth, and the book's all about explaining how to do that in three simple steps. That's awesome. And you know, you were just talking about um, how the Bible is relevant. So can you elaborate on it a little bit more, talking about the Bible and how it's relevant for us today? And it's not outdated, you know, as the younger generation comes up, you know, is this, it's just a story is outdated, but no, the Bible is still relevant for us today. Well, one well, of the things about a truth is that uh, truth is eternal. Uh, mm -hmm. Truth is timeless. And so in every generation, in every culture, in every color, uh, in every age group and, and generation, truth matters. And uh, so one of the reasons the Bible is relevant is because it contains truth. The okay? truth is eternal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and the greatest, the greatest truth that the Bible contains is that it reveals who God truly is. It is the mm -hmm. self-revelation of God himself in a written form, uh, in, the, in, in, in the frame of a narrative of, of a journey with a people over generations and generations, but the Bible contains truth. And as Jesus himself said, it is only uh, in knowing truth that we find freedom. 
And it's only knowing him that we find eternal life. And so for, to the mm -hmm. question, why does the Bible matter? Why is it significant? Well, listen, what could be more significant than eternity? What, what could be more <laughs> significant than the eternal realm and then the eternal destiny, knowing God, knowing your maker, enjoying him forever. These are the great uh, purposes of life and the great reason for existence. And uh, so, hey, in a very simple way, Tiff, I'd say the Bible's relevant because it shows us how to know God. It shows us who he is uh, accurately, a heaven's revelation of who he is. And it shows us how we can have a relationship with him that guarantees us eternal life uh, and a life yeah, that, that endures forever. Awesome. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, I was sitting here and thinking, you know, we need, even as Christians, and, and you discuss this throughout your book and, um, and give examples. And so um, listeners, even before we end out today, you're going to have information on how to get the book. And I would recommend it because it covers a whole lot that we can't cover on this um, podcast episode. But, you know, today we're discussing identity you know, and discovering yourself in the word of God. And I do life coaching. I have a life coaching business on the side. And um, the truth is everyone that comes through that session, they're trying to find out who they are or find out their purpose, or, you know, and, and, to, and the ways and the steps in order to get to their purpose. And in your book, you know, you begin to state how you're convinced that the Bible matters to the modern reader um, because it provides clear and accurate answers to questions of who am I and why do do I exist? And even today, um, and I'm working with so many people, um, that is always seems to be the question. And we go through uh, all of these uh, surveys to find out, you know, how are, who are we? These psychological tests, a lot of times to find out, you know, who are we? Um, but you give insights into the foundational importance of identity through some personal truth discovery techniques that were in your book. So would you explain to the listeners how this has helped you find relevancy and personal significance in the Bible and how we can do that? Oh, what a great question. Uh, look, essentially, when it comes to reading the Bible, uh, as I outline in the, or as I explain in the subtitle, there are three simple steps to do that. And first of all, you need to read the Bible. You need to ask, ask the question, well, what, what the heck does the Bible actually say? Okay, so you've got to figure that out. What does the Bible say? <laughs> You then uh, uh, ask yourself the question, well, what does it mean? Uh, what have I just read? And what does that mean? There's a historical uh, meaning. Uh, there is uh, an original meaning that the author was trying to convey. And a lot of the book focuses on how to answer that question. But we're discussing today this critical question of, well, what does it matter? Uh, yes, I've got this ancient document, you know, with a 2,000, 3,000 year old stories and texts. Well, what the heck does it matter <laughs> to me? And as you just said then, Tiffany, this great, uh, one of the great existential questions that modern people have is, well, who am I and why do I exist? And one of the reasons, just one, but one of the reasons the Bible matters to the modern reader is because it does answer those questions. I said before, the greatest reason for the scripture, the greatest reason the Bible matters to us is because it reveals God. But second to that, it reveals who we are because of him. And we see this in the in the story of, of uh, Peter, Simon Peter in, in Matthew 16, <laughs> where people, uh, Jesus says, well, who do people say that I am? And Peter says, or actually his name's Simon at uh, that stage. And uh, he says, I believe you're the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus said, absolutely. This is a revelation that you've had from heaven. It's accurate. It comes from the father and it's from heaven. And this is a rock on which I'll build my church. And he says, and I'm going to now call you 
Peter, Simon or Simeon was his name. I'm going mm -hmm. to call you Peter, which means a chip off the old rock. Uh, Peter means a little piece of rock. Jesus is the rock. Okay, He is God, the rock, Yahweh, the rock, and, and our strength, as Moses would say in Deuteronomy. Uh, but Peter was a chip off the old rock. And it's this amazing thing that as soon as Peter knows who Jesus is, Jesus says, now I want you to know who you are. Now mm -hmm. that you know who I am, now that you know who I am, I want you to know who you are. You are Peter. You're a chip off the old rock, mate. You are more like me than you give yourself credit for. And so one of the things that the Bible does is, yes, it is the self-revelation of God, but it's also God communicating to people who we are in light of him. And it starts right off in the garden story, you know, created in the image of God. He made them male and female, you know, created in the image of God. The Bible, right from the word go, describes who humanity is uh, in, in relationship with God or, or owing to who God is. And so this great thing, who God is and who I am, who God is and who I am, and who the others are around me, of course, it shows us uh, much about humanity and the people, other people in our life. This is one of the things the Bible reveals. And that central uh, key to identity is something that's not only a big concern for mm -hmm. humans today and our culture today, it's also a concern for God. As we read through the pages of the scripture, he wants his people to know who they are, who they are and to walk in that identity in an unshakable way uh, because knowing who you are and knowing whose you are is one of the biggest lessons you'll learn in life. And the Bible has a lot to say about it. Yes, it does. And, you know, and that's why it's so important and to know that it does have that information in it, but to enjoy learning in the word and to enjoy studying the word and enjoy um, doing the hermeneutics. And even if you're not a pastor or a preacher, you should be, we should all be stewards of the word of God to where we want to be able to go in and actually dig in and see what the Lord says about us. And so even in reading the scriptures, we can find, and I love, and I can't go through all of it, but even in the process, when I read sections of your book, you give examples of how the different characters in the Bible, you can always take something that they've gone through and make it relevant to some issue that you may have come across in your life. And so as we read the Bible, that's very important to know that the word of God does have something to say for us today. It's not just for uh, the characters back way back when, but it is still relevant for us today. <laughs> and it is absolutely, Tiff, and I'd love to pick up on what you were just saying there about enjoying the Bible and enjoying discovering who we are. And that's actually a word that I play on right at the end of the book, because again, the third part of the book is all about the third step. Well, how, what does the Bible matter to me today? And it's a bit of a preacher's acronym, okay? But I encourage people to find to find joy in biblical revelation, to find joy in the Bible. And joy, of course, as we know, stands for Jesus others and yourself jesus others and yourself j-o-y find joy and i basically make the point that you know no matter how complicated the bible may seem at times no matter how irrelevant you might be reading an ancient story of blood sacrifice or some war <laughs> or something a bit weird to think, oh, what the heck can i do with this you know well listen almost every bible passage you can learn something about jesus you can learn mm -hmm. something about the, the nature of God. Jesus is basically the perfect picture of who God is. Okay. So when I say you can discover Jesus, you can find something about God's nature in a story. So ask yourself as you're reading through the Bible, what does this reveal to me about Jesus? J. What does this reveal to me about others, other people in my life? Another reason the Bible is relevant is because it helps us 
to love other people and to live mm-hmm. with other people successfully. And that's one of the, the great commands, you know, <laughs> yeah. love God, love, love God, love people. Well, if we're going to love God and love people, then we need to understand God uh, to a degree. And we need to understand people. And the Bible helps us to do that. And so as we read through the pages of the scripture, you might be reading an old ancient story of King David. It might sound like a soap opera and you go, well, what the heck can I do with this? Well, listen, it might teach you something and give you insights into other people in your life that God may be wanting to say, hey, there's someone in your life that's a little bit like Saul. Be aware of that. There's someone in your life that's a little bit like Jonathan. There's someone Mm -hmm. in your life that may be like a Bathsheba. And uh, I'm calling you to love her in a way uh, with kindness and tenderness. Learn from this story because you may see someone else in it. So look for others uh, is a a second thing you can do. Look for Jesus. Look for others. And then thirdly, and we've already covered this, but look for yourself. What does the Bible have to say about you? J-O-Y, find joy in biblical revelation. What does it say about Jesus, others, and yourself? And even though, as I said, some of the Bible may seem hard to understand or find relevancy in, uh, this is just a very simple technique uh, that uh, I feel uh, in almost every Bible passage or chapter, uh, you can find some relevancy by looking for those things. And that's so amazing, you know, because you can, when you begin to do that, the Bible, it actually... Um, when you just find it in others and you, it, it teaches you how to relate to others. It teaches you how to respond correctly in certain situations and how not to respond by what the characters have done or not done in the scriptures. And it gives us that wisdom and understanding on our own personal life and how we can handle our own personal life. And so when we look at it, as you said, um, it, it makes it up to a point where it actually uh, helps us to have wisdom on how to handle situations in our own lives. Well, fundamentally, people have not changed, you know, right. uh, fundamentally, <laughs> people are the same. And this is why history repeats itself, okay? right. <laughs> because, because human beings are fundamentally the same. And we might be reading the Bible and go, boy, oh, boy, they're so different. They've got, as I said, blood sacrifices, some weird cultural tradi- traditions and ideas about marriage and society and different things. They're so different to us. Well, hang on, hang on a second. When you look at the way uh, where humans and people in the Bible interact, with one another, you realize, nah, there's there's nothing new under the <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I love it. I love it. And you know, I love the uh, point in your uh, section of your book about Peter because you had gave him gave an example of someone in the Bible, you know, who viewed himself as he was self-doubting, he was erratic, you know, erratic and a sword swinging fisherman. You know, people say he cursed and you know how he feared, you know, things. And you said, and how he feared his behaviors would consign him to a future of a lost opportunity. Um, forfeited inheritance and the shame of not measuring up of the success of his brothers. And we, I believe in the world, we've all gone through this at some point in our life where we don't feel like we we measure up or that we're um, adequate enough in the things that we do in our life. And so Peter looked at himself as so messed up. But God, he, Jesus himself did not even look at him like that. I remember going to a prophetic conference one time and the, the uh, prophet, as he said, you know, you look at yourself, God sees you better than you see yourself. And when I saw this here, I was like, wow, you know, that is so true. Jesus looks at us uh, better than we all, often look at ourselves. Um, and so I just thought that was great that you brought that point out with Peter. Um, and so why do you why do you believe this is so that we look at ourselves like that and not see as the master sees? 
Well, that, that comes to the influence of how we think the way we think and which voices we allow to speak to us the greatest uh, in life. And uh, many of us wear an identity, and you'd understand this, Tiff, with uh, life coaching people, as you said, mm -hmm. people are asking, asking those questions of who am I, how do I find my purpose, and, and, and that type of situation. Well, a lot of people have voices in their heads, identity uh, statements that have been spoken over them uh, by sometimes well-meaning people, well-meaning teachers in their past, or well-meaning parents, and other times by not particularly well-meaning people, the drunk uncle or the abusive uh, grandparent mm -hmm. or whatever the situation may be. And people wear those words. And I guess as, as we've learned in the Christian life, as we mature, um, perspective is everything and whose voice you listen to, whose voice you allow to have the final say and authority in your life is really important. And we see this in a, in a, in a profound way in an Old Testament story uh, with the spies that were sent into the promised land. Moses brings God's people out of Egypt. They're there in the desert. They're going into a promised land across the Jordan River. And Moses thinks, well, what I'll do is I'll send 12 leaders across to investigate first and send them on, on a bit of an errand. Uh, come back and tell us what it's like. Well, 10 of those gentlemen brought back a negative report. They said, the land mm -hmm. is good. Yeah, we know that. God said that. But the giants are huge. And those giants are going to destroy us and the land eats and, and swallows its people alive you know we, we're going to die if we go across there <laughs> we can't do it and two of those men had a different perspective they said yes there are giants they admitted there were challenges they admitted there was going to be struggles in the promised land but they said but we can do it we mm -hmm. can do it sounds sounds a bit like a former president of yours we can do it you know, we can do it but he said but they said we can do it and and the funny thing and here's where i'm getting at the funny thing is that when they said we can do it they didn't say god is big enough to defeat the giants they said we are we can do it because the argument of the 10 spies was not god is too small the argument was we are too small we see ourselves as grasshoppers we see ourselves as little, little insects in compared to these giants in the land. And Caleb and Joshua said, no, we are the people of God. And that just shows the amazing influence that Egypt had on God's people. When they were in Egypt, they were in slavery. They mm -hmm. were probably called cockroaches and, and, and they were probably <laughs> called locusts and grasshoppers and by slave drivers that were trying to drive their identity down and put them in their place as slaves and that mentality was still in their mind even though God had met them at Mount Sinai and said you're a kingdom you're a priest you're a people holy to me you're a people to shine my light in the dark world well they still had the voice of the slave drivers in their ears mm -hmm. and that's a challenge that many of us face. We might grow up in a culture, a culture environment, a household environment where we have the voices of, of not the best people speaking identity over us, belief systems, and those belief systems can shape the way we think in life. Well, the good news is God has something to say about who you are and God wants to meet you at Mount Sinai. He wants to meet you and uh, to explain to you how he sees you because ultimately whose opinion really matters when push comes to shove well i'd like to say the god who made you the god of the universe his opinion should have the highest value in your mind and that especially comes to the fore when you see yourself see yourself as god sees you yes yes and in in your book you also mentioned and in order to do that we have to look at what the word of god says and what the scripture says about us and continue to profess and declare that what God said uh, about us and what he said in his word um, and not just what we believe about ourselves um, and just mirroring and being an image of Christ and looking at 
ourselves through the eyes of Christ and what would Jesus Christ do? You know, what would he do and begin to do that? And I, I love that point because we have to begin to see ourselves um, in the image of the word of God, because that's what he had created us from the foundation. You know, we see ourselves at one place, but God sees us at a totally different uh, insight and we should be able to embrace that. <laughs> well, look, one of, one of the great messages of the New Testament over and over again, and the Apostle Paul is probably the most famous for this, is he keeps saying to God's people, you are in Christ, in Christ, mm -hmm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. You are clothed and covered with him. Your life is hidden uh, in Christ with God. And so uh, this, this idea of us being like Jesus, you know, and I think it's a great thing to be able to read the Bible and identify with the characters. Oh, I can identify with Moses or Abraham's weakness there. I can identify with David and his struggle. I can identify with Peter. I can identify with, uh, uh, you know, the, the man Zacchaeus who climbed a tree to see Jesus. I can <laughs> identify with these people. But, you know, another thing we can do is say, you know what? I haven't been created in the image of Abraham. Mm -hmm. God has God has not said I've created you in the image of Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. I am in the image of Christ, and I am probably I need to see myself that I am more like Jesus than I give myself credit for. And one of the things we can do as we read the scriptures is say, listen, as I see the example that Jesus set, he is a hero, and I am in him. I am a Christian. I'm a little Jesus, a little Christ, and I'm called to represent him. And so to see yourself, there's a, as you know, Tiffany, you got the paperback version, and it's also in the ebook, but I had an illustrator in my church draw sketches and cartoons through the Bible, because this subject of understanding the Bible, interpreting the Bible, or hermeneutics, as you said, right at the start, a, te a complicated technical <laughs> term, it's actually quite quite intimidating for people you know for 2000 years we've been debating mm -hmm. about how we're supposed to read the bible properly how am i meant to do it you know <laughs> and one of the things I've, I've tried to do in this book is not only have a tone that is really easy to understand a mentoring mm -hmm. type of conversational tone but is also to have illustrations and in that um in that chapter where i talk about seeing yourself in jesus uh you'll you'll notice that there's a picture of the reader looking in a mirror and seeing jesus look back at them and uh, that thing that profound thing about saying hey I want to see myself in Christ. I want to see mm -hmm. Jesus in me and me in Jesus. It's a profound idea. It's a profound way uh, to see yourself as you walk through life, to know who you truly are. That's why greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have Christ in you. You are clothed in Christ. Start to see yourself in him and uh, we'll live a far more empowered life mm -hmm. were we to do that. Mm -hmm. And and we will get further, you know, more, you know, further than we had not, had we just continued to look at ourselves through our own eyes and our own inabilities. Um, and so I think that's so important, you know, and in the body of Christ and to see again, like you said, what the word of God says and what it says in Jesus Christ and who he is, because from Genesis to Revelations, all of it points to Christ uh, and it points to um, us coming back to him. Um, and so even through that, it's just a love story between us and the father that's trying to bring us back. So I really enjoyed that um, section in your book. But, you know, there's something else that I really love. And it's your statement you made about our identity in Christ. And you were saying no matter what God had called you to do or how unreasonable it may seem, the point is, is that God has called us, you know, if God has called us, who are we to disagree? 
And I love that point. <laughs> if God has called us to do a particular thing, if he said that we're able to do exceeding abundantly above, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And he says that um, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If we're able to do the things that God has said, who are we to disagree when he says that we can do those things? And so uh, it just, when I read that, I was like, you know, Lord, we have a you, we have to get to the point we that we really agree with what you said to us because a lot of times you know we'll give God excuses. Well, God, I can't do it. Lord, I'm too old. Lord, I don't have enough money. Lord, I don't have. But that's not what the Holy Spirit says. We have to go back in the Word and see what He says. And because the Word is truth, like you had you were discussing earlier, it is the truth. So that when it when the truth comes, we know that when truth speaks, then there is an answer with that truth. And with that truth, when we know that truth, we can live that truth and we can see the manifestation from that truth. And so I, I love that. And so when we said that, you know, we are to embrace what He says about us and we have to begin to do that. And so how can the listeners um, start that process of being able to do that. Well, hey, one of the reasons, one of the things you need to do is walk through the three steps of interpreting the Bible well. And the first thing is read the Bible, find out <laughs> what God says about you, discover that reality. And for those listeners, I mean, this is just one subject. Obviously, as you said mm -hmm. right at the start, Tiff, this is just one little portion of the book that I bring out as an example, but it's such a pivotal and, and, and important one. And if this is really, you know, triggering people that are listening today, they're like, yeah, I want to, I, I want to take this, I want to embrace this. One of the best places I think you can start is is uh, to read the book of Ephesians. It's probably my favorite go-to book to discover who you are or who we are uh, in Christ Jesus. And you, if you will read through the book of Ephesians, most people can do it in about 20 minutes, really, if you just read mm -hmm. it from start to finish. But to study it and to go through and ask yourself the question, what does the Bible what does this letter say about me and my identity in Christ or because of Christ? Read the book of Ephesians. You will find many illustrations about who you are, children of God, adopted of God, loved of God, the army of God right at the end, a temple, uh, you know, uh, etc. You'll find many uh, examples in there about who you are. So the first thing you've got to do is read the Bible to discover your identity, uh, discover that identity, and then delight in it and display it to other people. And as I said there about confessing, you said uh, that we need to say what God says about us. That's exactly, and this almost comes full circle back to where we started the uh, Paul's encouragement to young Timothy. Not only does he say to young Timothy, uh, listen, be someone who correctly handles the word of truth, but he also says this, he says, fight the good fight of faith by making the good confession, just like Jesus made the good confession when he was standing before Pontius Pilate. Now, the good, the word good confession there in the Greek is homos logos. Homos mm -hmm. means the same, homo, homo, <laughs> homo, the same. And logos means word. word. So yes. when Paul's saying, make the good confession, he's saying, say the same word, mm -hmm. say the same mm -hmm. word. And when you ask yourself the question, well, if Jesus made the good confession before Pontius Pilate, what does that mean? What did that look like? Well, you go back and you read the story of Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate and you discover Jesus did not say much. But what he did claim is his identity. When Pontius Pilate stood him up there and said, are you the Christ? Is this true? Are you the son of God? Jesus said, yes, I am. When it didn't look like he was king, 
when it didn't look like he was Messiah, when it didn't look like he could mm -hmm. even save himself, <laughs> when the circumstances were dark, he was dressed like a criminal, he was being, nobody in that state believed in him, even his friends had abandoned him. Jesus stood up in that situation and made the good confession. He said, I am the Christ. He said the same word, good confession, same word that God said about him, even mm -hmm. when the circumstances did not seem to match up with that. And so that is the example. Paul writes to Timothy and said, make the good confession, just like Jesus made the good confession. Look at the example of Jesus and say, I too will stand on my identity so mm -hmm. that when I am in a situation where it doesn't look like things are going my way, when I am like a David standing before Goliath and it doesn't look like, you know, I'm <laughs> hearing those words in my mind. I know who I am. I know who my enemy is, an uncircumcised Philistine. I know who I am. I'm part, part of the armies of God Almighty. Uh, we can stand in our identity. And yes, future generations will thank you for that. Uh, no matter how old you are, uh, no matter where you are or who you are, you need to discover who you are in Jesus, what God says about you, and uh, live out that reality as best you can. And uh, you can do that and, and learn that reality by being involved in Christian community, helping mm -hmm. other, uh, asking others to help you understand the scripture, reading books like this. You can handle the truth. So you can also discover these truths in the Bible for yourself. And that's ultimately one of the reasons I wrote a book like this. Yes, I'm a Bible teacher. Yes, I'm a <laughs> I'm a preacher. I just kind of got a little bit of a preach on then. Okay. You know, uh, yes, I do that. but ultimately the job of a Bible teacher is not just to teach the Bible, but is to help others to teach themselves. It's to help others discover mm -hmm. truth for themselves. And so that's the purpose of the book. And one of the great things that I'd like to leave with my readers, uh, yeah, as, as they go through it. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, uh, Chad, there, there, I know that there's uh, people that are listening right now that are struggling with their identity um, and they want to know more of Christ and they want to be able to get to know more about him and even studying the word uh, and may not feel and some may feel like uh, that they can't find themselves even though they've tried before to find themselves in Christ, but they have to stay in the word of God. They have to mirror the image of God in themselves by reading the scriptures over and over again, reading what God says and doing those things. And so a lot of people um, that may be listening, that you may be listening to this today, or you may be listening to this on down the line, but I just want to ask if you could pray for those that um, may have issues with their identity and are struggling with that identity. We can do that now. Is that what you'd, uh, yes, you'd like yes. to do? Yes. Yeah. Well, Dad, we, we thank you for this morning. This is a new yes. day. Uh, yes, and your mercies come to us afresh today. Your love endures forever. We thank you. You've seen this moment from all time and eternity. You knew uh, that I needed to be here to yes, hear Lord. this word today. And today I admit that you are Lord. And that means that your word goes. What you say goes. And today I accept what you say about me. I acknowledge that your yes, word sir. is the highest authority in the universe. And today it is the highest authority in my life. You have saved me. You're my savior and you lead me. You are my Lord. And so what you say about me, I accept today. Help me to discover that reality that I may delight in what you say about me and display it to others. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for making these things so real to me. And I commit myself to walking that journey today in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Listeners, make sure, make sure that you get in the word of God and begin to see what the word of God says about yourself. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you, no matter what the situation is, no matter what struggles that you may endure. God is on your side. He is there for you. Um, He's there when you don't even believe that he's there. Even when it doesn't seem like he's there, he is always there waiting for you to come near to him, draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. So I encourage you today to stay with the Christ, stay with him, stay in the word, stay in your prayer life, continue to keep praying, continue to keep reading, have that relationship. And in the book, Chad talks, even talks about relationship with God. It is important for you to have an important relationship with him where you're able to commune with him. You talk to him like your friend that he knows he already knows you inside out and when you begin to communicate with him you will begin to know him even the more inside out and he is there willing and waiting for you in order to bring you closer to him and for you to see him in a new light so I encourage you to do that on today and thank you again Pastor Chad for being with us today but I want you to let the listeners know how they can get a copy of your book or also if they want to follow up with you and your ministry how they can get in contact with you. Well, not a problem. Well, the easiest thing, obviously, is just to know my name. Because if you know, yes. the, if you know the name, you can find me. Okay, that's basically yes, the address. Yes, yes. So Chad, Chad yes. Mansbridge, Mansbridge, yes. and uh, you can find me Chad ChadMansbridge.com. I'm not that hard to find on social media as well. Uh, in fact, on this exact topic that we're talking about, our identity in Christ, uh, I do have a message on my YouTube. Uh, channel and podcast literally called Identity in Christ, where I pick three pictures of your identity found over and over again in the epistles and Mm -hmm. extrapolate on them and explain how those images are relevant to you today and how to walk in them. So you could even look that up on on Spotify or iTunes, or as I said, YouTube, uh, Chad Mansbridge, Identity in Christ. It's a great message, a lot of fun, and I'm sure you'll enjoy that. But the book uh, is also on Amazon or any sort of online uh, platform. It's available in ebook. I'm a paper fan, so that's why I sent you a paper copy, <laughs> Tiffany. I'm, I love I think, it. I love it. I yeah. think paper paper trumps screen. Come on. It I mean, does. You, it does. Paper trumps screen. So I'm a bit old school in that regard, but it's also available on audiobook. I actually narrate the book myself, and uh, so you can get it if you uh, prefer to listen, uh, listen to books. So you can handle the truth. You can handle the truth, <laughs> making sense of the Bible in three simple steps. And if people follow me on my mailing list uh, on chadmansbridge.com or social media, they'll also find out that uh, sometime this year, I'm going to be releasing a video course on the book as well. So uh, small groups, Bible study groups, that type of thing can over a seven week uh, program, wow, I can awesome. read, read the book at home, watch a video, uh, uh, read the book, discuss, you know, go through a workbook together. And so we've run that as a beta, a beta course in my book. And uh, but yeah, just follow me on social media, Chad Mansbridge, uh, or sign up to my mailing list to be the first to hear about that. In fact, the first lesson of that video course I've made available already on YouTube and Rumble for free. So you can just get a feel of what that's going to be like. Uh, But for those who are bookworms or who like working through a book with other people, uh, that uh, video course will be coming soon. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you again, Chad, for being a part of this show. We're really glad to have you today. And listeners, we ask you to come back again in a couple of weeks for another episode. And everything that you will need, we will also have it in the show notes so that you can just be able to go and click and go right to Chad. And so until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, 
and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.